Welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter S.T. Paul. Enjoy today's episode. And welcome to the Daughters Project podcast. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And today we are delighted to have with us Sister Rebecca Marie. Yay! Hi! Hi. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> We're so happy you're here. Thank you. You've been like away and stuff. And so now we get to see your face. Yeah, yeah. I've been traveling a lot and now I'm back in Boston for a little while. Yeah. yeah. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what you're doing? Sure. Yes. Um, I am presently our novice formator, and um, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. So um, when I entered the community many, many years ago, moving from a little town outside of Houston up to Boston was a huge adjustment, <laughs> <laughs> and I never got used to the winters. But anyways, um, so I've uh, been living up here in Boston for quite a few years now and working in formation. And uh, that's been a really beautiful uh, experience for me. So, uh, you know, helping to accompany young women in the stage of novitiate, which is the second stage of formation. So um, when our young women enter the community, they go to St. Louis, where they uh, live their two years of postulancy, kind of like an introduction to religious life. And then after that, they move here to Boston and enter the time of novitiate, which is a, a more intense preparation for their first profession of vows. Mm -hmm. So uh, so we take a lot of classes, and they help in our publishing house here, working alongside the sisters, learning from them, um, learning all these new gifts that they didn't know that they had. <laughs> Limitations we didn't right. know we had. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Quirks we didn't know we right. had. Yeah, all right. I wasn't going to say that. It's really true. Sister Rebecca yeah. was our novice for me. Well, she yeah. was my postulate right, for that's me. Right. My right. novice. Yeah. Yes. That's right. So we go she knows way back. Way too well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And we can also say that part of her role is being tortured by some of the young women who come in. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, it, but truly, it's been uh, such an honor and a privilege to be in the role of a formator um, and to be able to accompany the women that God calls uh, to our congregation. So, it's been a gift for me, truly. Mm, yeah. And I've awesome. grown a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are some other, like, interesting things that you've done just kind of in the apostolate since you entered? Oh, uh, well, uh, most of my work as a professed sister has been uh, in our small communities um, working in evangelization, either through our book centers or doing a lot of outreach in parishes and schools, giving a lot of talks mm. um, to uh children, about vocations, or at different um, parishes, conferences, um, just on all different themes. Um, but I, I love that aspect of our mission, going out, being among the people, bringing our, our books and different materials, 
uh, meeting them face to face. But I've also spent time working in our publishing house here in Boston. So when I first entered, we still had our printing presses and yeah. bindery. So I spent about eight years working on our big printing presses. And I'm kind of a small person. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when I first went, was going into that department, um, a couple of the sisters that were there um, saw me come in and and our superior mother Paula brought me over actually and she said I was Rebecca back then she said Rebecca is going to join you in the press in the press room and uh, one of the sisters just started laughing <laughs> <laughs> like that's hilarious exactly what a funny like, joke. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but uh but it was it was a, a lot of fun and just a beautiful work cuz you're actually seeing the word of god being multiplied before your very mm, eyes and yeah I have this image in my mind from a story you told us like years ago that for some reason, the way that my mind like put it together to imagine it was it was something about you making holy cards on one of the machines. Oh, yeah. But for some reason, the way my mind put it together, <laughs> it was like Lucy and Ethel with the chocolates. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes it was like that. Yes, when I when I worked in the bindery uh, department, where we actually where the books were literally put together, um, we also had a lot of other interesting odd machines that, and somehow I got put on all of, to learn all of those machines. One was uh, one was a puzzle maker. <laughs> One was a holy card <laughs> maker, thought, yeah. I know, um, and just a few others that were just the odd random things. And so, yeah, the one was a big round table, and it had four spaces, like table setting type things, with a like a a um, a die cut, uh-huh. and you would put the plastic sheet down, and then put the holy cards down, and then another piece of plastic, and then it would spin go around and a um heat a hot uh thing would come down and burn the plastic melt it melt it together so you had yeah it was like the chocolate factory (laughs) you had to get the cards down and like i would run it myself and Mm -hmm. move from one position to another and have to (laughs) okay so i'm not far off i'm not far you're not that far off but i got really good at it i believe it (laughs) and if you can't envision this in your mind go to youtube and look up i love lucy chocolate (laughs) chocolate factory Factory, and you will understand (laughs) yeah Yeah. so (laughs) thank you for asking (laughs) that's the most that's the most classic american television in my mind iconic scene so perfect Yeah. yeah okay so we do have a quick little content in the convent update yes So several episodes ago, I mentioned that we had seen the trailer um, for Obi-Wan Kenobi and they were talking about, you know, compassion being a weakness and leaving a trail. Um, So this will be a spoiler free content in the convent. We just finished watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi series and I was really impressed by how much of an emphasis on not just compassion, but mercy Mm -hmm. there was as this really, you know, still counter-cultural, counter-intuitive almost um, concept of of love. And that was really, really impressive to me. So if you haven't seen it and you were kind of waffling on whether or not to see it, that's a really interesting lens that you can watch it through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in our last episode, we mentioned that um, for Sister Carly Paula's Perpetual Profession, we were going to be having a 
uh, a virtual retreat that was online. And I was thinking as Sister Rebecca was speaking, it might be helpful if anybody's listening and would be interested. Um, at the one, one of the videos from the retreat that's going to be just generally made available on our YouTube uh, on our YouTube channel is um, the one that Sister Emily gave on the stages of formation. So mm -hmm. if that didn't make a whole lot of sense to you and you might want, want to understand that mm -hmm. a little bit more, yeah. I'll link to that in our show notes too. Yeah, good awesome. idea. Okay, so. Drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> what is the passage you selected for us okay, today? Okay, so the passage I selected is Psalm 139 verses 1 to 12. Excellent choice. Because it's a quite a long psalm. It is. So uh, so I just <laughs> abbreviated it to 1 to 12. And I love Psalm 139. Mm -hmm. It's um, it's very, it just leads me into contemplation whenever mm -hmm. I pray with it. I love it too. I have a perpetual um, bookmark that just stays yeah. in my Bible right there. But for those who are not necessarily nerds that have their psalm numbers memorized, <laughs> could you read those 12 <laughs> verses for us? Yes, yes. Let me read that right now. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You beset me behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, let only darkness cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So good. Mm -hmm. So is there, um, like, a first time you really saw this passage, or is there like a something that makes it particularly special to you? Yeah, I think. Um, well, I can't remember like the first time reading it. It's it's been a favorite for many years, but I can't. I don't have like a a first uh, impression of it. But I think what really makes it very special for me is one day when I was reading it again, I really um, felt as I was reading this passage, the Lord reminding me, I am with you always. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my goodness, that that's exactly what I need to hear. That's why I'm so drawn to this psalm, mm -hmm. I think, because it's all about God being with me and with us. And when I think about mission, and, you know, when Jesus sent the disciples out, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, etc. And then he said, and know that I am with you always to the end of the age. 
And I know as a Pauline apostle that I cannot do our mission on my own. I need mm-hmm. Jesus. And that's why he said that, because he knows <laughs> that we need him. Yep. We, you know, we can't do this alone. Either you know, it'll become all about us if we try mm-hmm. to do it by ourselves or we'll burn out. <laughs> so he, he knows that we need him. And that's what he said to them you know, before he ascended into heaven. I'm with you always. So when I read this passage, it's like outlining Mm. how he's with us. So close, you know, so, um, so intimate. Mm -hmm. He knows my thoughts. He knows when I'm sitting down, I can't go anywhere Mm -hmm. that he's not there waiting for me. Mm -hmm. And when I'm feeling distant or alone, he's there. So so I think uh, for me, it's such an important passage as a Pauline missionary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so comforting to know, too, that not only is he in the places that we're sent out to, but he's with us in ourselves. And I love that line where he says, like, even before the word is out of your mouth, like, I, I know what it is. Yeah. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm about to say <laughs> until it comes out. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I just said that for better or for worse. Right. And... To know that, you know, sometimes, especially when we're sent out and we have a desire to help people and we're struggling with something in ourselves, where we face a limitation we didn't know we had, we can kind of encounter a fear or a disappointment with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And to know that God knows all of those things about ourselves better than we do and yet still loves us better than we do um, is so comforting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I really love that line also where the psalmist is talking about God being acquainted with all of my ways. And like what you just said, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. And then the psalmist says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Mm-hmm. It is high. I cannot attain it. Like we can't <laughs> understand yeah. how God can be so close, mm-hmm. like it's just beyond me to fathom how God can be so close mm-hmm. to the point where when I experience God's closeness, like I'm surprised every time. <laughs> like, why am I surprised? Yeah. <laughs> you know? But it's so awesome. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's too much for me to, uh, to really get a grasp on mm-hmm. as a human being. But it's real. Yeah, that's one of the things I think I kind of love about this psalm is there's almost a feeling of tension in it Mm. of like, God, you're close. God, sometimes I want to (laughs) run. God, sometimes I can't. I can't. We're not just sometimes, but God, I can't run. I can't hide from you. You're there. It's a little bit overwhelming sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet it also has like this this overtone of praise. And it ends like the end of the psalm Mm -hmm. is inviting God into that searching and knowing. So it's I love that kind of tension because I think that we all kind of have this little bit of an ambivalent like approach to God's presence. Like sometimes there are yeah. things I want to hide. Sometimes there are places I don't necessarily really want him there, um, even though really it is for my best. And even though he's kind of already there anyway, you know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just the, part of what I love is the tension in the psalm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, that's the good news in this psalm that. Mm-hmm. Even when we feel we all have these dark places we end up in, and even when we're there, the good news is that Jesus, God, is already there, even in that dark place. 
we don't have to say, God, please come be with me, mm-hmm. help me. He's already there. Yeah. And uh, this this psalm, you know, really makes that so clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was reading one of um, St. Augustine's uh, commentary on, on this psalm and where he says, you discern my thoughts from afar. Mm-hmm. What what Augustine points out is God's never far from us. Like, so he's there. So what could be from afar? It's when I separate myself from God. It's when mm-hmm. my thoughts are far from him. It's when when I in my sin. And he compares. He actually walks through most of the psalm and shows the journey of the prodigal son mm-hmm. being in a far off country and making his way back to the father who sees his path, who who predicts, you know, that he's coming back, who's looking for him. And I just thought that was such a neat image yeah. to like to know, you know, that that farness is something that I've chosen. It's not something that God desires. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me of the poem of Francis Thompson, The mm-hmm. Hound of Heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Have you read that? <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty powerful poem. It's very autobiographical mm-hmm. of Francis Thompson. And the hound is God. Mm-hmm. And will not leave him alone. He keeps going after him. And yeah. it, I'm forgetting the phraseology now, but yeah, um, yeah it, it's very similar to this into the depths and, you know, yeah. in these dark alleys and Well, he byways. was like the, in the throes of an opium addiction, exactly. right? Exactly. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. coming, he was in and out, like he kept relapsing mm-hmm. and, um, and just felt God mm-hmm. always you know, after him, like God yeah. wasn't giving up on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he, he was dealing with a very serious mm-hmm. addiction and suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that phrase, hound of heaven, is loosely based on something St. Teresa of Avila said. Maybe. Oh, pretty it sure. Could be. I think so. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think so. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like her. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I love that it exposes both both that analogy of that poem and this particular psalm, it kind of exposes too that even though this is being written from a place where, you know, that person is grappling with the tension of Mm -hmm. feeling God there and almost not wanting him there, Mm -hmm. but also there are so many times in our life where we don't feel God there, whether Mm -hmm. we want him or not. Right. I mean, it could be either we don't feel him and we don't want him or we don't feel him and we do. Um, But nevertheless, like this kind of does shed light on the fact that He's actually there. He hasn't stepped back. We can step back, um, but it's not like he's not in the place we're stepping back to. Like we mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to, you know, invite him in because he's actually right beside us the whole time. Mm-hmm. And in those moments, we do rely so heavily, I think, as humans on that experiential knowledge naturally. It's part of how God made us. But That doesn't mean that, you know, he gives us things like memory for a reason, and he gives us these words for a reason. And in those times where we really cannot feel him, that's the time that this is a promise to us. Like, but don't Mm -hmm. forget. You can't feel me, but don't forget. I'm here. I'm right here. Yeah. Yeah. When I was praying with this um, in preparation for this episode, the the words that were standing out to me the most were um, in verse 10 where it says, your right hand shall hold me. Mm. And so I was praying with that, and I had, like, kind of a particular image of God's right hand holding. And one of my favorite things to always remind people is just, like, if God stopped thinking about us, even for a nanosecond, we would just cease Mm -hmm. existing, right? So, like, he's always, he's always holding us in existence, always. 
Um, so, so that was part of it. But then when I was looking through some of these commentaries on this, on this psalm, one of the ones that I came across that like really was what kind of profoundly drew me in my prayer to this, to this line was when a craftsman, when like a potter or a carpenter is done with their work, they don't need to put their hands on it anymore. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. But God doesn't take his hand from us. He mm-hmm. always has, he's always holding us with his hand. His hand is upon us. Like there's all these different images of God's hand being with us. And like he's continually forming us, guiding us. We are not completed creations. You know, he's mm-hmm. continually working on us and working with us, guiding us to our ultimate goal, which is to be in heaven with him. Mm-hmm. And I just, there's just something about that image of like the craftsman who's not finished with his project yet, mm-hmm. you know, that was like really kind of cool for me. Yeah. I love that scripture really kind of pegs it like his right hand. If you're left-handed listening to this, please do not feel like yeah. you are being left out. <laughs> um, it comes from a historical metaphor. But the right hand, especially at that time period, that was the hand that you extended to mm-hmm. others in greeting as kind of a sign that you weren't hiding anything, right? Like you didn't have a knife up your sleeve or anything. So you would extend your right hand to show your intent, basically. So when he when he reaches out his right hand, that is a hand of welcome. It's a hand of promise. It's a hand of safety and of strength. Mm-hmm. And like that is so telling. Like that's the hand he's holding me with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I love the theme uh, that we've already spoken about of just how God is there, even if we don't know it. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of a movie that I saw a couple of years ago, and you're probably familiar with it. It's called Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that? It's been on my to-read list for a long time, but I haven't seen the oh, movie. Oh, well, I can't give the ending then. <laughs> no, nope, that's okay. That's spoiler. okay. That's okay. But, um, okay, well, spoiler alert then. <laughs> okay, spoiler alert. <laughs> but um, it's about an autistic boy mm-hmm. who is very close with his father because his father knows how to interact with him to bring him out of himself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the story of 9-11, so his father dies during 9-11, so his mother is grieving and helping the little boy deal with this. But before 9-11, the father um, opened up this kind of mystery for the little boy about a sixth borough in New York. <laughs> and like, China like a secret trying, borough? A secret borough. Ooh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of a big and secret. It, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And uh, I might be getting some of the details wrong, but... Um, so this little boy is going around trying trying you know asking people different questions and trying to f- solve this mystery and it was the father's plan to get this boy out and talking to people mm-hmm. and but during after the father dies during the movie the little boy is out doing all these things and you're like where is the mother like <laughs> this little boy is going all over the place and <laughs> by himself in by New York, himself in New York yeah. and talking to strangers and lo- lo- what's going on alert alert yeah and he's like grieving the loss of the father who was one of the only people that really understood him mm-hmm. and so spoiler alert you get to the end and the mother who seemed so distant and in her own world, explains to him that she followed him every step of the way oh, wow. and was there watching him. And she, then she would go 
and talk. And I think she actually had the list that of people he was going to go visit. So she would go ahead of time oh. and prepare them. Make sure they weren't like dangerous right. or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And then oh, wow. she would talk to them afterwards. But she was with him the whole way. Oh, and he didn't know it until the end. It was so beautiful. I just got yeah. chills. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great movie. Even mm-hmm. with the spoiler, you'll, you'll love it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God, just like our father, he's with us always. And, you know, when we don't know it, we, we can't feel him. Mm-hmm. We don't see him. He's preceding us. He's coming behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Making sure we're safe. And often, mm-hmm. like, we, we look back and we suddenly see all the clues that he'd left for us. Yes. Yeah. You know, that we missed. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a very humiliating moment. In a, like, in a good way. <laughs> Especially when you are like me and you throw temper tantrums in prayer. And you're like, oh, it can be extra humiliating. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you think of how many moments we have like that in life where we realize, oh, my goodness, you were there. You were mm-hmm. working. Or when something really horrible actually does happen to see how he brings our healing out of it or how he, you know, helps us reach out to other people who have experienced similar mm-hmm. situations and actually uses us as an instrument of grace in a good way, like sends us as a child for almost as an ambassador for him. But if all of those moments where we're able to look back and say, oh my gosh, you were there, yeah. how many moments we actually don't know about mm-hmm. that we will never right. know until heaven. Mm-hmm. I just feel like the moment we step into heaven, everyone's just going to be so mind blown for like the first <laughs> yeah. hour. <laughs> Nothing will be able right. to be processed. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Every second's going to be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I took a look back at some of the passages of the Old Testament, like way at the beginning, where the Lord reminds people that he's with them. And the the first instance that I found was in Genesis, um, like the whole story of Abraham and, and of Isaac and um, God continually reminding people, even Hagar, like, mm-hmm. no, I'm, I'm with you. You're not alone. And it was really beautiful. I think I think the first time he says it or is quoted as saying the words together, do not be afraid. I am with you is to Isaac. Um, mm-hmm. When he's on the road facing many difficulties, he just found the well, like <laughs> like that whole part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's so beautiful that that kind of echoes back from the very beginning of our history, really as a family of faith. Like it goes right back to the beginning of like, you don't need to be afraid that I'm not with you because I am. And you don't need to be afraid that I am with you because like I'm good and I, and I love you and I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to like make you less of yourself. Um and I love that that really does. That's like the root of our of our story of our as a faith family. And Jesus really just blows that out of the water um, with his whole life and with with the gift of the Holy Spirit too that we all have in our in our baptism and our confirmation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know bringing up the sacraments, mm-hmm. baptism, confirmation, taking off from Psalm one thirty nine that God is so close to us are the sacraments, mm-hmm. the church, the community. Um, Eucharist, confession, um, you know, spending time in adoration um, at Mass. God has given us so many gifts or means of grace Mm -hmm. for us to encounter him and receive his life and strength within us. Mm -hmm. And his nearness is so guaranteed. Yeah. It's so promised and guaranteed in those places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once our founder, uh, Blessed James Alberione, was talking about it. This sort of theme, I'm forgetting the exact context, 
but you know, God being with us. And he quoted the Song of Songs, mm. um, the passage, um, who is this coming up from the desert, leaning mm. on her beloved. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, um, that's what the sacraments do for us. Mm. That oh, we wow. lean on God um, as we were going through the wilderness or through the desert. Mm. Yeah, that the sacraments are conduits of, of God's presence and grace and we are nourished and strengthened and can lean on God. Mm. I love that. Yeah, it was beautiful. And I love that that's true, again, even when we don't feel it. Because mm-hmm. there are times you go to Mass and you really, like, you can genuinely feel you're yeah. moved mm-hmm. by the consecration. You're moved by the reception of the Eucharist. And sometimes you're really distracted by who knows what, or you just don't feel mm-hmm. anything. The music's driving you crazy. Father yeah. says something that you're really not thrilled about. <laughs> you know, that all of those things yeah. are real. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when those things happen, we can actually react in anger when we realize God is working through that. You know, like if if mm-hmm. if you're not at a church where you feel especially, especially comfortable, um, yeah, if the music's driving you crazy, your father says something that you don't like, and then father says something that was like totally for you, sometimes your reaction is like, oh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. we can get angry. Yeah. But yeah. really, those are the moments that we, like, let us rejoice because, <laughs> because yeah. like, God is there even yeah. in your annoyance, even in your That's frustration, right. even if it's valid, even mm-hmm. if your uh, annoyance is valid, God is there. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really humbling and it's mm-hmm. very beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, God saying I can encounter counter you through anything. Yeah. So just be still and receive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, the the whole theme of of I am with you that that you're kind of pulling out of this space. Like the fact that that's on our chapel wall, you know, has yeah. often been mm. a real consolation to me. Or or like the place where I stare when I'm angry that I'm not feeling him. Or you know, like <laughs> drill holes in the wall with my eyes. <laughs> Or, um, but but the fact that it that it's there and reminding us of his presence there in the tabernacle is, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just something so providential about that for me. Yeah, yeah. That every day we can see that mm-hmm. on the chapel wall as we're there right before the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prayer. yeah. So no matter where you go in the world, mm-hmm. no matter what language the sisters. The Daughters of St. Paul speak, if you go into a Daughters of St. Paul chapel, you will see the words written on the wall, do not be afraid, I am with you. From here I will enlighten, be sorry for sin, mm-hmm. in any language, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to, like, I guess, sort of like the tension in, in the psalm for me, like it's easy yeah. to see things over and over and over again and like forget mm-hmm. to notice them. But then like all of a sudden one day, you'll see it again and <laughs> yeah. um and it'll mean something new or it'll mm-hmm. it'll refresh you know the last yeah. time that was meaningful and um yeah yeah just the other day the other evening i was speaking with my parents for a few minutes and my dad has my parents have been up here to boston at my profession mm-hmm. and he was talking about the words in the chapel and he said i remember there were words that were so amazing. What were the words? Oh, oh wow! Beautiful. And that I was did, the last time they were here. Was for your first profe- for your my profession, final your profession. Your final profession. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. <laughs> and um, he's got a great memory. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I didn't say the whole thing because mm-hmm. he's 
up in years. Simple. I said, I am with you always. And um, oh, and no, I, I told him, do not be afraid. I am with you. And he said, oh, yeah, those are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was kind of like seeing those words again through someone else's eyes. Yeah, yeah. like for the first time. What almost. it means to someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we see that every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a good reminder for me. And that is actually a really beautiful thing, too. When when we get stale or, you know, just kind of <laughs> arid in our own prayer, our own life experience, when we see someone else mm-hmm. experience or hear someone else's experience, it's like seeing things through the eyes of a child. Like you, you mm-hmm. rediscover the wonder and you're reignited in your passion because God can remind us through other people even mm-hmm. that he's also with us. And and we can rejoice that to see that he's with other people too in the same way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, should we all go around and say our one takeaway? That we're going to take away from the conversation. Sure. I'm not sure what mine is yet. I have to think for a second. Yes. I think that's actually my takeaway that to to take a look around me and to see not only how God is present in my own life, but how he is present in the lives of others and how he's working in the lives of others, even if it's not someone that I would normally think to do that with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me, my takeaway would be not to take this for granted, that God is with me always. And um, it's so easy for me to lose sight of that. And so I think that's why the line um, in here, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. I think that's why that stuck out for me, because it reminds me this is something awesome, great, wonderful, um, amazing. Uh, so uh, don't take it for granted, but really lean into this and welcome God's presence with me. Mm-hmm. I think what's coming to me is something I really want to pray with a little bit more is um, the idea that God is with me, but he's not passively with me. He's like, he's really active and he's doing mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. and he's preparing a path ahead of me and he's cleaning up some things that maybe I leave in my wake <laughs> and he his hand is upon me he's actively creating me he's actively forming me he's actively helping me to become who he originally designed me to be um, and so praying a little bit more for the grace to kind of be um, docile to that even when I'm not necessarily aware of it or not um, as conscious of it happening just to to be more trusting that the Lord is constantly actively, doing something very worthwhile. I don't know. There's something There's something there for me that I need to enter into a little bit more, I think. Mm. Okay, so we're going to close with um, a prayer based on the writings of Blessed James Alberione. And this is a really beautiful prayer that I love um, as part of discernment, but it also kind of goes along with what I was talking about, I mm-hmm. guess, with the craftsman and um, and kind of how he's he's there and working. So this is called God's Dream for Me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Your dream, O Master, is to lay hold of me with your divine life. Your dream is to purify me, to recreate me, to make me a new person in your image. Your dream is to fill me with your love, so that I love the Father and all my brothers and sisters just as you do. 
Your dream is to draw me to you with the closest of bonds, to unite my heart with yours, to make me strong, to impart to me your divine power, so that I can overcome evil and be constant in doing good. Your dream is to inflame me with untiring zeal to spread your kingdom. Your dream is to possess me in this life and in the life to come. May your dream come true. May I be able to give all you ask of me. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life. Have mercy on us. Mary, Queen of Apostles. Pray for us. St. Paul the Apostle. Pray for us. From all sin. Deliver us, O Lord. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sister Rebecca. Oh, it was yeah. so nice being here. Thank you. And thank you to everyone else. And we just want to let you know that we will be taking the month of August off. But in September, you will definitely be hearing from us again, okay? So until then, God bless you. Happy August. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of The Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.